Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Hey everyone, Tim Wright here along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and we are so excited to be with you again today for another edition of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And uh, we were just saying off air how much we enjoy talking together and uh, answering your questions, and we so appreciate your listenership. Uh, We've just gone over 900,000 downloads in the last couple weeks, and that's just amazing. And uh, we had no idea that um, we would have this kind of response. So we're grateful for that. It says we're meeting a need, and we're going to keep coming to you as long as you think we're helpful for you. Uh, We've got a really important topic today, probably a controversial one for some people, but I think a really important one, and we're going to get to that in a moment. First of all, I want to bring Michael in. Michael, hi. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we're surviving 2020. Yeah, we sure are. We're still in COVID, and and um, we're recording this in um, in November. This will probably air sometime in December, and uh, the numbers are just starting to heat up. So we'll see what what uh, December holds for us. So we hope you're staying safe, wearing your masks, and doing all those things to uh, just protect each other. Uh, we've got a couple great sponsors who make it possible for us to come to you. The first is the Center of Place of Hope, our good friend Dr. Greg Jantz and, and all of his colleagues up there in the Seattle area. And um, we say this every week, I hope that if you ever are in need of some sort of emotional care uh, surrounding addictions or other issues like anxiety, depression, that you'll at least go to wonderofparenting.com and hit the link to the Center of Place of Hope. Um, If nothing else, you'll find that Greg is a prolific author and has written a book about just any imaginable emotional challenge that you could face in life. And his books are fantastic, but if you ever need to go deeper, there's certainly a place to look at. Uh, Rated one of the top 10 depression centers in the country, and uh, they are strong believers in strong families, and that's why they support this program. And so we encourage you to take a look at the uh, a center of place of hope at wonderofparenting.com. And then our newest sponsor, they've been with us now for a couple months, and we're really excited about the great work they're doing. I'm going to let Michael talk a bit about them. Yeah, that's the Forge School. They're in Benton, Tennessee, and they're a residential treatment, so residential boarding school, uh, residential treatment for boys and they use um, an adventure format. So the therapy, the education, all of it is coming through an adventure format, which is uh, really strong. And there are, you know, people have heard of wilderness schools and adventure schools. I mean, they've existed. 
the uniqueness of the Ford School, I think, and I consult with them, so I've been there. Um, really incredible, 55 acres uh, and and lodges and and everything. Uh, they what makes them a little different, I think, is how deeply they have immersed themselves in the boy friendly. You know what people call the Gurian approach. Let's call it a boy friendly approach. They're immersing everything in that and integrating all of it together uh, on behalf of these boys. So if people listening to this have a, a son or know a boy in that 14 to 17 age range, that teen boy age range, who is having significant issues and developmental trauma, uh, the Forge School is a, a place to look at, and you can access that on wonderofparenting.com. So again, we're grateful to both of our sponsors. Make it possible for us to come to you free uh, every Monday and or whenever you listen. So again, we've got a, a really important question. We have tackled this subject before, but this is a very specific way of looking at it. And uh, this is one of those topics I think we just need to go over and over again. And this is where brain science really helps us walk through some of the challenges of a question like this. So this is from a writer who mentions right away, Michael, that he watched your video on transgender brains don't negate male and female brains. And so here's his question. Mm -hmm. I have a family member who wants to transition from male to female and is very depressed at the thought of not being able to because of his family. Everywhere I look, people just support hormones and surgery, and I found no treatment that will change his mind and accept himself as male. Do you have any recommendations on what we can do to help him with his gender dysphoria even if you can just mention somewhere we can start, it would be a great help as we are completely lost. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot of layers to that question, having spent mm -hmm. some time with you on this topic. So I'm going to let you just get started and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, um, uh, some basic things. Uh, the folks can go uh, to gurianinstitute.com and you can see some video blogs I did on this subject uh, over the last number of years because of course the science is, is definitely evolving on what is what is transgender, what is LGBTQ, um, what is gender fluidity, what is gender dysphoria, et cetera. So that's a place to go. And then if you have Boys Saving Our Sons, gives you a lot of the primary research uh, in one section. And The Minds of Girls, if you have girls, gives you primary research in another section. Neither of those books are wholly on this topic, but I, I do go into it in depth from each uh, you know whole child point of view. So so the male and female brains are male and female brains and they are preset in utero as we've said before and there there really are only two brains they're male and female brains and it's because of the the gametes there are only the you know in the stem cells there are only the two those two kinds of reproductive gametes which are male and female so so that's why that video says transgender brains don't negate male and female brains um we all have male or female brains but that said, uh, brains are on a spectrum, right? No two male brains look alike. No two female brains look alike. Um, uh, the basic structure looks male and female. The basic blood flow and the way it works looks male and female. But they're not exactly alike. Everything's like a fingerprint, not exactly alike. So within that spectrum, that's where we begin to go even deeper into the science. And as both those books I was just mentioning talk about, um, there's research showing that in, in actual trans brains, um, you you have like in this case what you have is a is someone who wants to be male to female 
So this writer has identified that the person is male, has male genitalia, will have a male brain, but enough centers of that brain, in order for this to be a trans brain, enough centers in that brain must be operating female um, uh, and studies, the most recent research is showing up to 30 centers of the brain operating opposite to or different than on the spectrum, uh, different than the rest of the brain, which can give the feeling in that brain of I'm trans. And then you break that down further, what you find is that around 0.3% of our brains are like that. So um, that's 0.3 out of 1%. So it is a, it's a low number, but given our world population, you know, it's a lot, it's, it is a lot of people. And those are true trans. And, and luckily we can do some scanning to see that. Gender dysphoria would, would occupy the larger number of kids who are feeling uh, who are having this feeling that I'm a male, but uh, I'm a female inside a male body, or I'm a male inside a female body, which would be the way they would express that. Um, gender dysphoria is a clinical condition, and um, and it is real. I know there's been some pop culture stuff and some, you know, sort of bizarrely political stuff that's been coming out saying, well, it doesn't exist. Um, no, it absolutely exists. It's called gender dysphoria, and you can get gender dysphoria at three, at five, at seven, at 10. Um, uh, and, and this clinical condition can follow trauma. It can follow developmental trauma. Developmental trauma is something that uh, especially adopted kids experience. Um, and don't they don't realize that that developmental trauma until they get later in life. Um, uh, it, it, it can be a response to your own genes. It can be a response to, it can get triggered by environmental neurotoxins just like all disorders can. There are a lot of reasons you can get gender dysphoria as a child. And one of the most important pieces of research to look at is the, the fact that, uh, and this goes to his point about, about hormones and surgery, we wanna be very, very careful before entering with children into hormones and surgery because around 70% of kids who at five or seven or 10 say, you know, I'm trans, or in their own words, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a, I feel like I'm a male in a female body, or vice versa. By, by 17 years old, around 70% say, no, I'm not trans. Mm. But most of those say that they're gay. And that's very, very important. And that's mm. why, because trans, when you're young, and especially before you're fully sexualized, right, you, you haven't hit puberty, it, you don't have gay straight yet in your brain. You don't know that yet because you're five, right? Um, uh, but by the time you're 17, um, even 13 to 17, right after you sexualize, uh, you you can kind of make the distinction and figure it out. So this is why people like me, and I have to say, I believe most in the medical community and scientific community are saying, please be careful and get help for these kids go to counselors who understand gender dysphoria get help for these kids and these families to understand you know is this gender dysphoria is this person trans and don't act on the this person is trans part until you've gotten a lot of opinions and you're well into adolescence um because most of those kids again who who say they're trans are going to not say they're not trans and to have invaded their biology that in itself uh, is is very difficult 
And in fact, uh, last thing I'll say, and I know you'll ask me more that I'm thinking of right now, is that this research on suicides among trans, uh, people have all heard about this, that trans uh, kids and trans adults have a higher suicide rate. Um, and it's been assumed that's because they weren't allowed to transition. But in fact, a lot of the, the trans folks who are committing suicide have transitioned. Um, so the, it's just a really difficult um, uh, brain an anomaly and or brain disorder and simply brain issue, gender dysphoria. And it has to be handled more carefully than let's just jump to surgery. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so this this information is really helpful, and I want to go over it again because it it is so different, I think, than what we hear at least in pop culture and on the news. So I want to walk through it again, and that, that will set up some questions. You said about what percentage of our population would actually be transgender. It looks like around 0. 0.3. 0.3%. Okay. So, and, and again, please understand, we're not saying that doesn't make them important. <laughs> what, what we're saying is that's the percentage of people who are actually transgender, and, and then we need to do certain things to make sure that they can live that the way that their brain is. But there's a large percentage, what you're saying, is of children who can be confused about their sexual identity, who may not be transgendered. They could be, tra they could be in trauma. They could be uh, just confused about uh, their, their sexual attraction. Um, and or they're about, gay. Or, yeah, they're gay. But they're just too young to fully understand that. Right. So about 70% of those kids who think... They may be a male in a female body or female in a male body. Actually, aren't that at all. They're not really transgender. They're either in trauma or they could they could very well be gay. Ended up recognizing that. Yeah, it's it's an or and an and. I mean, yep. they because yep. the brain is on a spectrum. You know, they're probably going to have brains that do lean more toward the other, right? Yep. But they're not fully trans, right? Um, that them being gay by the time they're 17 is enough for them. But they could still be, I, I mean, I'll give an example of one, of someone I know, right? <clears throat> the a child of a friend. Um, this, is a, this is a person with male anatomy. So this person is, is, is going male to female. He's 18, he's going male to female. He has, he has male anatomy, obviously he has a male brain, but from very young, he was saying, I'm really a girl. Mm -hmm. um, you know, really, really young. And this would be a case where, you know, I would, I would have bet 12, 13 years ago when I met this family that he was trans. I just would have bet it. But they were really smart and they didn't 
um, you know, go for hormones right away, like, at, you know, seven or nine or anything. They didn't go for hormones right away. They didn't try to move surgery quickly through. And so, so now he's an adult, uh, you know, when he's 18, he's making the decision mm. and, and, and he is trans. I, I, he is trans, you know, I just, again, mm -hmm. I had suspected for a long time. He is trans. He's making the decision. And that's, I think, incredibly important here that, that when people push back on the position that I'm taking and they push back and they say, well, but if you, you know, if we wait till they're 18 or 17 or whatever is it, you know, that, that's an age where you can go, okay, this person can make their own decision. If we wait till that age, it's going to be hard on them. Mm -hmm. um, and it mm -hmm. is going to be hard on them, but it's mm -hmm. going to be hard on them at 10. You know, it's going to be hard on them at 12, at 14. So it is going to be hard. This, there is no easy way to do this, to transition. So it will be hard. Um, uh, I just want to wait on that, on the difficulty of it until this person can make his, her own decision. And yeah. I think that's a key to this. Hmm. So, so to get to our listeners question in a sense, then, um, you know, he, he's sort of saying, is there any therapy that will help him accept the fact that he's male? And that's not necessarily really the question. The, the deeper question is, what is the process to take this young man through to help him figure out and his family figure out who he really is? Isn't that really the deeper question? Yeah. yeah if, if, when, when the question is asked in a, uh, is framed in a way of, I, I think I, the adult, think he's male, or I, yep. the adult, think she's female. And what I want is some kind of therapy that is going to force um, him, I'll just stick with a him for now, that force him to come out and say, yes, I'm male, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's what people are looking for, um, I'm going to be more nuanced uh, because I think that what that does is that then sets us up for it looking like, you know, like um, uh, the gay conversion therapy, which yeah. was abusive, which is, uh, there is no such thing as gay. And so I'm going to put you through these therapeutic frameworks that are going to force you to agree that there's no such thing as gay. When in yep. fact, five to 10% of mammals are gay. And we've talked about that before. We have a nucleus that controls that in the brain. And in five to 10% of mammals, that nucleus um, uh, looks like the cross-sex nucleus and, and makes us gay lesbian. So. So uh, I'm not involved in that. I'm not going to get involved in that. Um, I'm not going to get involved in saying, well, this is a five-year-old. And what I have to do is find a therapy to make this five-year-old, you know, stop thinking like there's this other thing going on. Uh, gender dysphoria as, a, as a, a brain disorder like ADD or ADHD, we want, we, we want to do is treat it. And as we're treating it, so as, as this family finds therapists, who can treat it, who work in gender dysphoria, then that therapist is going to still, and this was a male, so I'm going to stay with male, this is a biological male, is still going to try to help that biological male to attach, uh, even if that's if it is a trans male, if he is a trans male, the therapist is still going to do good therapy, is going to do co cognitive behavioral therapy, maybe dialectical, um, attachment, uh, is going to do all of the things that a therapist does to help a growing self and in this case, a growing male, to understand the journey of a self, understand the journey to manhood, understand how attachments in families are working or not working, and doing family therapy to help the family be more attached with this guy 
and, and as they meet him where he is, without putting him through hormones, without putting him through those biological uh, in, uh, invasions at 10, um, still though, making sure everyone's attached to him and making sure that what's happening in the self is getting reflected back. And as, as people, these supportive mentors reflect back and, and say, yeah, you know, you, you, you feel like you're a female, let's explore that. And how can, how does that get integrated into the self? Uh, then they are going to help integrate the female into the male. And then gradually that is actually going to be good therapy. And as we know, for, for most, um, of these kids, by the time they're adolescents, they'll be very glad of that. The gender dysphoria will have, have moved aside. They will have evolved through it and, and out of it. And then they will say, okay, my sexual orientation is gay. For those who are trans, there's also no disadvantage hmm. because um, this, let's call it this 30%, um, as you said, this is a very significant number. And as I said, when you look at 340 million people in the US and you do 0.3, you know, it's a lot of people. Yep. So as we as we value that population, there's still no downside because the therapist is still helping this person integrate the self, is still helping this this uh, young person with family attachment, and is still applying good therapeutic techniques that are good for anybody. So that's that's what we want to do, and that's going to take you know uh, could take a year or two of therapy, um, could take less, could take more, but you know I think we should always go into gender dysphoria as parents thinking a year and uh, picking a therapist who knows what gender dysphoria is. Not one who says gender dysphoria doesn't exist. Don't pick that therapist, that, that's not <laughs> gonna work. Um, uh, we wanna pick someone who understands the nuance and, um, and then revisit this after a year and see where the child is. So that kind of raised the question for me then, if you've got a child in your family like this writer does, who thinks he may be transgender, do you then with children start with the assumption of gender dysphoria and see where that leads? Well, that's what he's going to be clinically diagnosed as. Okay. Um, would be my guess. I mean, I, he would, it would depend on the therapist, right? Who's yep. doing the diagnosing or the psychiatrist who's doing the diagnosing, but they're going to need a diagnosis um, because just for insurance to work, they have to have a diagnosis. You know I mean? It's sort of a logistical thing. So they're going to get a diagnosis. My, if this person goes to a therapist who doesn't even believe gender dysphoria exists, then of course the diagnosis will be trans. Um, uh, my hope would be that that for most therapists, you know, they would stick with what we know and is in DSM and say, okay, this person is gender dysphoric, given this, 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 and this, and so that's what I'm going to treat. But I'm, you know, but I'm never going to say to the person, oh, well you know, if you're trans, that's bad or anything like that. I'm just going to treat it as gender dysphoria because that's what it presents as and then see how it evolves. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking now of a couple of cases I'm aware of here um, where it was a little child, three, four, five years old, and <clears throat> the parents actually began the transition in their child. Um so I'm wondering where does where does counseling fit in? Obviously, what you're saying is you probably shouldn't do that. Wait until they're older so they understand better. You've been through therapy, but if you've got a child who's four, five, six years old who seems to be uh, expressing some sort of gender dysphoria, how does counseling work in that situation? 
Well, there's going to, you know, they're going to apply techniques that use work with that age group, like sand, you know, sand painting, like art mm -hmm. therapy, um, drawing. Uh, they're not going to just rely on words. Uh, is is that going to be techniques? Yeah. But is that going to be the same thing that you'd expect a year of therapy or because they're so young, that's going to be an ongoing therapy into uh, their, their teen years when they can finally on their own, make some decisions. Well, uh, I think I understand your question. It's going to be, see if I understood your question. I, it's going to, going to take a while, but in that time, they're not just treating gender dysphoria. Uh -huh. They, what they may end up finding is that there are attachment issues Got with the parents, that there are developmental trauma issues. If the child was adopted, that there are uh, other trauma issues who knows there could be child abuse or sexual abuse in uh, you know i mean could be there are they're going to find they will probably find other things and they're going to be treating and trying to heal a lot of these other things that are comorbid or connected to the gender dysphoria and it may be actually that the gender dysphoria becomes secondary in their treatment as they discover these other trauma uh, and then they treat the trauma so so that's going to be a case-by-case -case basis got it when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, if, if a, a young child thinks he is gay or thinks she is gay, is that, does that fall under gender dysphoria as well? Or is that a different? It probably would. Issue? Yeah. Okay. In terms of a diagnosis, it probably yep. would because it's in that same category because at five, you can't know if you're gay yet or not. Even though when you look back, yeah. When a gay person looks back, they will say, I knew since I was five. And that's that's absolutely true. But what we're saying is in terms of how we handle it as adults trying to help children, you know, we're not going to say that a that a, a five year old can know he's gay yet because he doesn't have the sex hormones that have shot through him to change his body into a sexualized body and brain. So we're going to treat it this way. I, I think the best way is to treat it this way keeping in the back of our minds that that if he thinks he's gay at five, he may well be gay. Yeah. And then we get a lot of time. And it's a good thing for us as adults, because then we get a lot of time to adjust. You know, we get a lot of time to 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 sort of make our peace uh, for those people for whom being gay is difficult. We mm -hmm. adults get time to make our peace with that. And and I, you know, and I, there are a lot of us myself, I'm not I don't need to my I've made my peace with it. I mean, I, I see everyone as I see all of these things from a scientific point of view. So I, I know gay people exist and I know why. But there are a lot of people, as we all know, who who need to make their peace with it over those yep. five years or so, because if by the time their child hits puberty, the child is still saying he or she is gay. And, and if the parents reject this child for that, that creates so much trauma. Yeah. So. We need to take the time to make our peace with it. Yep. Um, now, talk a little bit about that phrase, gender fluidity. And is that an, even a thing? And if it is, where does that fall? Oh, well, gender fluidity. Uh, this is interesting. You should bring this up. There's a new book that came out called The End of Gender by Dr. Deborah Soh, S-O-H, sorry. Deborah Soh, S-O-H. 
and uh, I, I just finished reading it. It's really good. Um, it's it's all you know. Tr actually, it's another resource people can go to to learn more about gender dysphoria and these sorts of things. Um, and it's science based, just like my work is. So people, if they read me, they'll go, "Oh yeah, these people are this, these two people are in the same sort of approach." Um, now she makes the argument, and I actually don't make this argument, but she makes the argument that sex and gender are both biological, and mm. that in fact there's no such thing as gender as a social construct ah. because all sex and gender are biological and so for her the end of gender is let's not even talk anymore about gender as a social construct construct and sex is biological uh because it's confusing they're all biological so i think that's a really interesting argument but i do not make that argument because we have had a number of centuries even millennia of gender as a social construct in which masculine and feminine are not just rooted let's say in biology, and by the way, everyone has to say what they mean by that, masculine and feminine, um, not only are they rooted in biology, but societies have kind of said, here's what masculine is, and here's what yep. feminine is, and we want you to approach life from those constructs. And of course, what feminism did started, you know, 50 to 70 to 100 years ago is said, we are not going to approach life from a limited feminine construct, we want a, a larger, more expansive construct. And we also, in the boy advocacy and girl advocacy fields, we've said, let's expand the construct for males too, by the way, you know, mm -hmm. let's all expand our constructs. So I actually do think gender as a social construct is fine. And if we talk about that, then, um, then we could say gender fluidity is real because we would say, okay, we are involved in, a, in, in two, kind of baby boomers started it in a big way and then moving into these generations now of saying hey we want to expand the social construct of what is uh, what is gender what are social roles gender roles what is male what is female we want to expand it so what we're what we're really doing is expanding feminine and masculine um uh and 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 that is what's fluid uh masculine can include crying as much as it includes toughness for instance, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a cliche, but I think people know what I mean. Feminine can include strength as much as it includes um, enjoyment of makeup. You know, sure. I just pulled those out of the air, but I think people know what I mean. In other words, you can be female and include all of this, and you can be male and include all of this. To that extent, we could say gender is fluid because the constructs are fluid. But male and female... Uh, and Deborah So makes this point very well as well, using all the same science, male and female, that's not gender fluid. So my phrase uh, is sex is binary and gender is fluid. Mm. Uh, so male mm -hmm. and female are binary. There is only male and female, right? I mean, I keep saying that to people. Yep. There are only these two reproductive gametes in your stem cells. So there's only male and female in terms of sex, but you know, gender, the social construct, yes, let's, let's look at that. A trans person who's really trans, and I'll circle back and end with the title of that video, Transgender Brains Don't Negate Male, negate male and Female Brains. A, a real trans person that we can scan and see as trans, that person still does not negate male and female brains because um, you will still see that that brain is male, that brain is female, but it's working enough like the other brain that it has created this internal construct which is real, which is, wow, I'm so far toward that other brain, I need to move toward that other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so they don't negate male and female brains. They're just another form of male and female brains. Well, Michael, this has been so helpful. 
And uh, again, this was, I think, kind of our second or third pass through this, but this one was really, was really helpful to, to, I think, just to say to parents who are in this situation, uh, start with gender dysphoria and find a good therapist to help you work through that. And it will take you where you need to go. Is that fair to say? Yes. And the reason is not because we don't think your child is trans. It's not that, which is the pop politicization of all this. Um, It's because there may be other things going on. There may be other trauma. There may be other genes that have kicked in. There may be other things going on. And so you take time. That's why. And your your percentage, that's 70% of those who go through that process, they find out it was something else. Exactly. So that statistically supports this position. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate it. You bet. And uh, again, listeners, thank you so very, very much for your questions. If you've got a question, please go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. There's a form there where you could submit your questions. And uh, those of you who are regular listeners know that we, for the most part, this show is about your questions. And so we'd be happy to to look at those and, and add them to the queue. And also want to encourage you, if you'd like to join our Facebook community to do that, it is a, uh, it's a closed community, so you, you just let us know you want to join and we let you in. And um, it's just great every week to go on there and see parents like yourselves uh, talking to each other. And uh, here's the situation I'm in. What do you think? And, and sharing resources. And, and uh, so it's, it's a great way to take the podcast and go deeper with it for those of you who are interested. And, and we're close to like a thousand people on that. So we'd love to have you join us on that. Uh, so we thank you and we look forward to being with you next time. We hope you have a great week.